it's great to be back, kind of speaking with you guys again. Um, and in this last part that we're in today, the last one in the series, the goal of where we're going to is about establishing ourselves in everything that we've looked at so far through the series. And so today, the title of today is called Established. It's about, you know, often healing and miracles has a lot more to do with how established our hearts are in the truth than it has anything to do with saying the right words, doing, doing the right things. Because healing and miracles is not about formulas. It's not about formulas. Doing a certain thing, praying in a certain way, wearing certain clothes, having an awesome haircut, wearing a white suit, something like that. That's not the answer for healing. It's all about where your heart is established and what your heart is established in are the truths that we've been looking at over these last six weeks established in your heart? That they're not just, yeah, that's kind of real, I believe that, and it's in my head, but they're deep, deep down in your heart. That they've moved from that head knowledge to a deep heart knowledge. Because when they become this deep reality to us, they cease to be that thing that we kind of, yeah, when in conversation we say, oh, we believe God can do that. It's just so real. Like if I step out the window, I believe in gravity so much that I know if I do that, I'm going to fall. You know, that's, I'd be surprised if I didn't, to be honest with you. That actually we'd be so surprised if these things didn't happen. That we would be so established in them that there would be things that we take action from. So today, what I want to do through this message is I want to share a final practical practice that we can actually do to introduce into our lives. You know, we've looked at seeing right and speaking right. So a, a final practice we can introduce into life. And then in the second half, I'm going to focus in on being established. Okay, so two points. I know we love points. These are two points that are twice as long as normal. You guys see the maths. It's not true. Two normal points. So, first point, first thing, a practice. Meditation. Meditation. Living in Asia, that word meditation can kind of freak everyone out a little bit because there's all kinds of meditation, things that go on in Asia, right? But Christian meditation is so, so important. If you don't do it, please introduce this into your life, into your habits. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. So let's look at some of those places. Psalm 119.15. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. Psalm 119.27, just a bit further on. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So I will meditate on your wonders. How much time? Do you give to meditating on the wonders of God? The enemy, kind of like Fergus was saying there, the enemy will always try and throw in distractions to get us to focus on something else, to get us to worry about something, fear something other than the truth, other than the truth of God's word. But the truth is, it's only in seeing the truth of God's word that we'll ever live in victory. Not in our own self-made victory, but in his victory. If you think about Joshua, Moses has died. 
And God's asking him to do the impossible. The impossible. Take this people who pretty much nearly all of them have just grown up in the desert. They've been a bunch of nomads and move into this land, cross this river for a start, cross that river. How are we going to do that with all these people? Cross this river and go and take the land. But there's people in there with cities and armies. But God asked him to do it. And God says this to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. There's a truth in the word about that. Meditate on the word. Live by it. Keep it. You'll make your way prosperous and have great success. He meditated on the word. He internalized the word until it became so real to him. That word became so real that he acted on it. He meditated on the word day and night, lived by the word of God and stepped out and his way was prosperous and he had great success. Psalm 1, 2 to 3. By his delight, sorry, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. See, this life and this fullness of life is coming from this place of meditating in the Word of God. Not because, not because we're doing that and it's some kind of religious practice and God says, hey, tick, and you can do that, but because it impacts us so we live according to it. We live our lives according to it. We act in accordance with it. See, meditation will help us see and understand God's grace all the more. When you sit and you really sit and you mull over the word and you sit and you think about everything that he's ever done for us, everything that he continues to do for us, all his promises to us, you meditate and you let him reveal to you the depth of his love that he feels for us, that he's communicated to us in his word and the enormity of his grace, how big that grace is, not just, oh yeah, grace, that's great. But the enormity of his grace, everything begins to come into perspective in the light of that. Everything become, comes into perspective in the light of his wondrous grace. See, we're, we're healed and miracles happen purely by his grace towards us. Purely by his grace towards us, right? We don't collect tokens. There's no app that after you've read a certain number of the Bible pages that you then, oh, that's spiritually topped up and then I can redeem that for a healing. It doesn't work like that because it's not on what you can do. It's on everything that he has done. To have the deep reality of the grace of God established in your heart, you need to be meditating on it. You can know it, but to really have that seep through you. So in all your thoughts, and remember it says about taking every thought captive. In all your thoughts, it is reflecting the gospel of God. So meditation, it is being quiet. It is listening to God. Not necessarily you asking. There might be things that you're asking and then hearing, 
but it's you letting the Holy Spirit speak and minister to you. So often prayer times can be, it's like a moment where you sit down, engage God, right God, I want this, 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 dum, bye. And then the next day, why isn't this, wasn't this happening? Not sitting at the feet of a loving father and just gazing into his face, listening to his words and just allowing him to share his love with us reveal to our hearts a revelation of his love and his wisdom for us, his insight for us in our situations. And in a meditation, it, it isn't just for healing. It isn't just for miracles. It's really the gateway to establish strength in your life. It is the gateway to establish strength in your life. So here are some things meditation can help you with. And when I speak about meditation, I am speaking about meditating on the word, speaking to God, not just being quiet and emptying your mind. That is not Christian meditation. So meditation helps us endure. Meditation helps us endure. When you face crisis, we spoke last week about that tough, the tough question, why aren't people always healed? When you're in crisis, run to God, get his perspective, get quiet. In crisis, there are a lot of voices, aren't there? Your voice, the fears in your head, anxiety, the culture's voice telling you this is what you should do, your family's voice, your own fears, the enemy's voice. You need to get quiet with God. You need to get quiet with God. Meditation also feeds our spirit. Meditation feeds our spirit. Jesus is the bread of life, isn't he? He's the bread of life. Spending time with him hearing what he has to say to you. It gives you life. I think the guys I work with, I know Jess as well, like so often just getting up in the morning, but just get up and, and, and go into the office. There's a massive difference between the days that I've spent a couple of hours in the Word, looked, praying, where I've been actually preparing stuff and I've just been in God's presence. There's the, you feel just a complete difference. Experiment with it. Experiment with it. Do a morning without God and then do a morning with God and you make your decision how you want your mornings to be. Meditation helps us feed others. If as we grow, we spoke about, the, we prayed about the home groups, as we grow, as we step out, as we, as each of us grow and we begin discipling more and more people, if we're going to feed others, we've got to be feeding ourselves, we've got to be filling up. Meditation helps us be still in the noise of the world, because it's a noisy world. Hong Kong is a noisy, busy place, you know? Good or bad is not the answer to how are you here. More often than not, it's busy, right? It's busy. I know this more than most. I'm, I have a lot on, you know? But it's meditation helps us in the stillness, helps us become still. And actually, it's out of that stillness in the presence of God that victory comes, that breakthrough so often just overflows into your life. Meditation helps us listen to God. It helps us listen to God. It is carving out a time for us to hear from him because I think actually it's more useful for my life for him to speak to me than for me to just speak to him and tell him stuff that I want. I've learned half the time I'm like, actually God, this is kind of what I think I'd like, but if there's something better that I'm not even aware of, you do that for me too. 
So I like to get specific on how specifically I don't actually know what I need to pray for. Meditation, so it helps us listen to God. Remember, Jesus gave a lot of time to listening to God, being with him. John 5, 19 says this. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. He took a lot of time out being in, being in the quiet, being with his Father, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is awesome. It's great. It's, it, it's inspiring that Jesus was a man led by the Holy Spirit who revealed to him the heart of the Father, that he was doing the work of the Father upon the earth. But also it's what we're called to do as well. Not just crack on with however we feel, but we're called to that as well. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Letting his words abide in us means that we're meditating on his words, that that his words are sat in our heart, that we're ruminating on them. We're like a cow, constantly eating them and swallowing them. They do that with grass, if you didn't know that. That's an obscure reference. Um, let his word abide in you. They impact us. They transform us. Until that point that his word is established in your heart, is established in us. And then we begin to live them out and we begin applying them to our lives. And we bring all things that are contrary to the word. It just becomes second nature. We bring all things that are contrary to his word in our lives under submission to his word. And then that brings peace. That brings joy. That pushes out anger. Because the word of God established in your heart will never hold on to anger there as well. It pushes out negativity. Meditation can transform your entire life. Psalm 63, 5-7 says, My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. The satisfaction of soul, our, our will, our emotions. Satisfaction of soul. I want that all the days of my life. And I have that. And my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, it's quiet time, it's meditating, isn't it? I meditate on you in the night watches. I can't do this. I lie down, I immediately fall asleep. I have like a vial of chloroform in my head that if I get too horizontal, it just falls out and I fall asleep in under a minute. So it's, it's, true. it's true, yeah. It's, um, I sometimes I go to bed and I'm like, I've been having a bit of time with God. And I'm like, actually, I'm really excited to think about this with you, God. This is great. Reveal some of this. And I'm gone. <laughs> so, but if you can, do that. Or sit up in a hard chair like myself. For you have, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. That meditating on his word, meditating with him, just being in his presence, it creates this satisfaction of heart and soul. So you may be thinking, how do I start meditating? What is this thing, meditation? Get quiet somewhere. Maybe put your phone off. My phone is like the biggest distraction. Put your phone off or hide it somewhere out of buzzing range. 
then start by remembering all of his truths. Think about the truths in the Bible. Get a verse maybe and just think on that verse. Holy Spirit, and ask a question. Reveal that. What does that mean? What are the things that he's praiseworthy of? The things he's done in our lives? The things he's made for us? And just meditate on that. God, I praise you. I praise you for the just creation. I praise you for creation that you've created. And just meditate on the beauty of creation. What are the promises of God? Just take one of them and just spend a morning just dwelling on that, thinking about that, letting that sink down deep and roots going right down into your very soul, that it becomes not just a bit of information out of the Bible, but deep inside you. What is Christian meditation? What is Christian meditation? It is meditation is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Meditation is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. If you are being very quiet and the Holy Spirit, and you're not engaging with the Holy Spirit there in that moment, there's something wrong with that. Okay? It's not emptying your mind. It's not about you and your own thoughts. Meditation is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It is the power by which we live from every day. We live in step with the Spirit of God. We are led by the Spirit of God. Very difficult to be led by the Spirit of God unless we're meditating and giving time to being led by Him. We get to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit because of the grace of God and the love of God is nothing at all to do with how spiritual you are. James, he must have an amazing time because he, he reads the Bible and he stands up and he, he just speaks stuff for a while on a Sunday. So he's special and he has something special. I don't have a special relationship with the Holy Spirit. I do, but it's no more special than your relationship with the Holy Spirit. I don't get extra points to have relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's just actually down to, are we going to give him the time? Are we going to give him the time? I don't qualify any more than any single one of you for having deep, intimate, awesome relationship with the Holy Spirit. We each qualify because of everything that he did on the cross. Philippians 2.1 Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any con- uh, consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, but if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, it's something central to our Christian walk. Think on this thing. Think on it. Meditate on the Word, on the Bible. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit who dwells inside you. John 14, 16 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. The moment you accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit dwelt in you, that, that he will never leave you. He will never leave you. See, the Holy Spirit works with you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. It reminds you that you are special to God, that you are unique, that you are amazing, that your dreams and desires, as much as anyone else has told you they're rubbish and a fantasy, are special and important, that you can do it, not because you've necessarily got the skills and ability to do it, but because he can lead you into all of those places. That it's all about his victory and his abundant grace, not about your performance. 
The Holy Spirit will remind you of all the promises of God. He will teach you all things. So meditation isn't some random spiritual activity that we kind of tick off in the week, that we're kind of just being, oh, I don't really understand this thing, and being kind of quiet with our voice, with our voices shut, with our eyes closed. It is being in his presence, listening to him. See, the more that you do that, the more you'll begin to recognize his voice. The more you'll begin to recognize his voice. The more that the Holy Spirit, the Creator Spirit, will just fellowship. And the more that you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the more that you'll just hear his voice and it'll just be you just be prompted in different things. The more familiar that you are, the more confident you'll be in partnering with him just to declare the truth, that it's moved from a place of knowledge to a place of establishment where that's just your reality. I fall out of the window, I'm just gonna go, I'm more, I'll be surprised if this guy's not healed because I'm feeling the Holy Spirit saying, go and pray for this guy. So unless it's a gigantic practical joke, I'm just gonna go with what I'm feeling the Holy Spirit say to me. And I'm gonna lay my hands on this guy and say, walk unless of course he can't speak then you can say talk the more confident though that you're going to be because you're going to know his voice you're going to know his voice that he's the source of power that he's the one who brings healing and miracles and it's not to do with you you want to have a powerful ministry you want to have a powerful ministry get quiet you want to have an active, full-on, reaching the end of the world ministry, and I'm preaching this one to myself, get still, get still, get still. I need to do that more. I don't do that enough. Get still. I love the quote by Martin Luther, who said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. What? I have so much to do, I shall have to spend the first three hours in prayer. Challenge for Hong Kong, right? How are you? So busy. Well, I hope you've spent the first three hours in prayer if you're that busy. Spend, the, spend time, and I take that as meditation as well, where we're in that place with the Holy Spirit. As you practice his presence every day, day after day, you'll know him better. You'll receive more and more revelation. That revelation becomes the truth that gets established in our hearts. It's also important because this fellowship with the Holy Spirit begins to transform us because it unifies believers. The Holy Spirit that dwells within each and every one of us gives us the church. This is going to be essential for us as a family, as our vision as family and walking that out. It gives us the power to walk in love. The more that you are spending time meditating and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, the more your heart will be transformed and the easier it will be for us together as fallen people who sometimes get on each other's nerves and say the wrong things to walk in love. Not just with Jesus, but with each other. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. 
love and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And that begins to transform you. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with other believers. It brings an immense joy, an incredible joy. You know, when there's peace, when there's not conflict between people, when there's peace and love, what joy there is there. Meditation will cause us to be taught things that we couldn't know because the Holy Spirit teaches us them. He will teach you all things and bring, sorry, I jumped to the verse, John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. So good to go and send missionaries. Great that we're going to get, get out there and see the world reach. But you know there are people in the world today who are being taught by the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit is about appreciating the person of the Holy Spirit. If you're sat here today and think the Holy Spirit is more like the force out of Star Wars, I just slip it in again, this is amazing. The Holy Spirit is more like the force out of Star Wars, then you're on the wrong track. You're on the wrong track because he is a person. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person with a personality and a character. The power and the wisdom comes along with the person of the Holy Spirit. Comes along with the person of the Holy Spirit. So guys, I encourage you guys, meditate on the Word. Meditate on the nature of the person of the Holy Spirit and then also when you're meditating meditate with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit carve out time carve out time to think to review all that we've said over that course maybe you want to just go through listen to it again with this in mind meditate on it meditate so that that materials which we've looked at changes from just information and head knowledge even if you say hey yeah i intellectually believe that to a place where it's a heart knowledge that is established in you so that actually it's as real to you as gravity is and you would stake your life on it and you'd just step out on it it would cause you to act so second part second half hand round we should get in handing round oranges i just had a thought rugby world cup hand round oranges now after. What is your heart established in? What is your heart established in? What is your heart established in? So let's recap the whole series over the next three and a half hours. Let's recap the whole series in a paragraph. God's word, the foundations, remember we started with that message about foundations. God's word causes faith that was the second message faith to rise in your heart you see you see the situation with the eyes of faith and from what your heart and from what your heart's in established in you speak out and you speak that out that those things that you've that have been established in your heart that you've been meditating on so his word means his word is established in your mind, our thoughts, in your heart, and then within our actions, in our confessions, in what we're doing, in, in, in our actions, in how we're stepping out to do things. 
So we use this word established because being established is solid, isn't it? It is, you don't say, whoa, that house of cards is super established. It's not. Well, that skyscraper is established. Established because it's solid. And something that is established isn't easily moved. It isn't moved by the lies of the enemy. It isn't moved by changing circumstances and situations. It isn't moved by somebody who really is not very good at communicating and then like just says stuff and you're like, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, That we're not moved. We're not moved. Isn't moved by someone who actually intentionally means to hurt with their words or their actions. Because you're established. Psalm 112, 112, verses 7 to 8. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. Steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear. It's my heart for you guys that we would be a church of people who no matter the situation that we would not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries i love that verse i love that verse because too often people see the likely outcome is going to be the negative death-filled outcome but actually stay steadfast have an established heart and all that stuff that's coming against you will that you will look with satisfaction on those things. Is your heart established? Is your heart established? The established heart knows that in every situation, God is more than able to meet every need according to his abundant grace and riches in Christ. Philippians 4.19, it says it. And my God will supply all your needs. Not some of your needs, all your needs. Not, uh, I can't really trust God for that because that's too big. I don't think that's, that's categorized in the kinds of things he would supply my needs for. All your needs, according to, or because of, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Not according to your performance, not according to you earning it or being a lovely, wonderful, good Christian, which doesn't exist because we're only good because of Christ. So you're either a Christian or you're not. But he'll supply all your needs, not according to how much you deserve it, but everything to how much he deserves it and freely gives it to you. First Thessalonians 3.13, so that he may establish, there's a lot in the Bible about establishing our hearts, that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness guys if you're here today and you feel blame that you've been told you're not good enough you're not spiritual enough you're not following all the things properly your heart has been established by God in blamelessness before him without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints See, my heart for us as a church is that we would grow and grow week by week, more and more into maturity and completeness. That in, that in two years time, you guys are going to be doing stuff you maybe can't even dream of today. Because church and being a Christian and being part of a church is about seeing your life completely transformed, the lives of those around you transformed, your offices transformed, your schools transformed. Our choices 
reflect where our hearts are established. You have free will. Our choices reflect where our hearts are established. We can refuse to lose by what we choose. We can refuse to lose by what we choose. Choose life, choose death. We choose to recognize God's love and grace in our lives. We choose to establish our hearts in God's grace. Many people establish their hearts in religion. I've got to do all this stuff and then maybe God will accept me. But the Bible, that's not what the Bible says. That isn't Christianity. It is about establishing our hearts in God's grace. Is your heart established in the grace of God? Because when it is, you will also see how much grace has been poured out to you. And that will be mirrored and reflected and poured out to those around you. Fear and anxiety do not dwell there. Fear and anxiety do not dwell there. Establishing a heart as well. And sometimes this is a hard one because you're like, oh, I thought Christianity was all about Jesus doing everything. Establishing a heart takes time. It takes energy and effort. You guys, it's part of what you're doing, you know. You guys could be I don't know, waterfront play park. See where my head goes when I think of something, activity, fun to do. Waterfront play park. You guys could go to the cinema, but you've chosen to be here. It takes time. It takes commitment. The established heart is rooted and grounded in the things of God. Enjoyed by a person who's invested time with God. In meditation. In reading the word. In prayer. It's the best use of time ever. None of that stuff causes you to earn earn the right to have something. It's just a natural thing that when you're in that place, when you're when you're taking taking those things seriously and employ and employing your time in that way, change will come. If I go and lift a load of weights, I'll I'll be as big as Fergus wherever he is at the moment. But I haven't done that. I should. Sorry, Jess. But if I did that, something would change. It's the same spiritually. We go and lift some spiritual weights, we're going to grow. Is it, sorry, it is my heart that all of you guys are going to be fulfilling the purposes of God in your life. And maybe some people it's full-time ministry. Maybe it's to do with your, your career and how you're to be in your career. But it's my heart that you'll be fulfilling the purposes of God in your lives. It takes an established heart to fulfill God's purpose because the enemy does not ever want one of his kids, one of God's children, fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. Take this very seriously. Take it very seriously. Now, people spend more time, energy and money in getting a degree to get a good job, which is important and it is great, than sometimes even thought space to actually I need to plan out my, my time so that I really actually have time to meditate and grow and be strong in God because an established heart leads to a victorious life. It leads to a victorious life. Healing. I'm not going to see healing happen unless I actually go and pray for people. We said last week, sometimes people aren't always healed when we pray for them. But 100%, if I don't go and pray for them, they won't be healed. But I also won't go and pray, or I'm, I'm not really praying. I'm, I'm not really praying in faith. If actually my heart isn't established in that truth, it's very likely I wouldn't go out and pray 
if I don't have a deep conviction that he is the healer, that he is the healer. I may believe that he could, but there's that thought that it's not so deep that it causes me just to jump up and, and just do it. So I won't see healing come. Are you guys believing for God to do something awesome in your life? Do you have a vision? He will if you make yourself available. Maybe it's a very scary thing. He will if you, if you make yourself available. But if you do make yourself available, make sure that you are spending time establishing your heart. Make sure you're spending time establishing your heart. God doesn't want you to be full of anxiety and worry and fear and get tossed and turned by every single challenge that comes your way. Because when you say, God, I'll do anything for you, and he says, okay, go do that. I tell you, there will be challenge. There will be trials. There will be storms. They will come. You need an established heart that is unmoving. Let the volume of his grace be louder than the chaos of the storm. Let the volume of his grace be louder than the chaos of the storm. He wants your heart to be at rest. Even in the storm, even in the storm, that we would be so established in his grace towards us that we move the storm and the storm doesn't move us. See, when there was a storm and the disciples were in the boat, what did they say? They said, help us, save us. And what did Jesus do? He didn't suddenly make him disappear and appear on the bank. He didn't, sud- he didn't, he didn't say, it's all right, it'll be fine. It'll be fine, just, just deal with it. Jesus spoke to the storm to come into alignment with his rest. An established heart in the grace of God, living from the Sabbath rest of God, causes us to do the same to the storms in our life. That we would speak to the mountain, right? We'd speak to the storm, the giant tempest that's in front of us, and say, no, you come into alignment with the Word of God. And in that place, you live in a place of rest. See, getting established is central to the Christian life. It is central to the Christian life because getting established comes through meditation and meditation is fellowship with the Holy Spirit, which is the way that we've been called to live by faith in the, by, by faith in the Son of God that we would actually walk out and live a life led by the Holy Spirit. Colossians 2.7 Having been firmly rooted... So come to faith, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. 2 Corinthians 1, 21. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us in God. Your heart will become established when it depends on God's grace. Your heart will become established when it fully depends on God's grace. Finance problem? 
Are you depending on the bonus? Great if it comes, and that may be how God delivers it. But are you depending on the bonus? Is your hope in the bonus? Is it in the pay rise? Is it in the new, the, the new thing? Or even in that time, you're still tithing what you got. You're still saying, God, I trust you with my finance. I trust you with my finance. I have no idea where the breakthrough's coming from, but I trust you and I trust you. And that your hope is in the grace of God that breakthrough would come. Many of you guys have experienced this. God's breakthrough in finances. Jess and I have experienced it many times. Where, the question is, where is your peace founded and rooted? Is it in the grace of God or is it in a person? Is it in a contract? Is it in a deal? Is it in a job? God's grace is his unmerited favor towards us. His unmerited favor, i.e. you haven't earned his favor towards you. You need to earn it. Sorry, you don't need to earn it. You don't need to deserve it. In fact, if you think that you deserve it and that's why you're getting it, you're in a bad place and probably won't actually receive anything because God's got to hang on and wait until you actually get the revelation of his grace. See, when you know, when you fully know that the only thing that qualifies you to receive God's blessing is faith in the finished work of Jesus, in his grace, your heart becomes established. You have to get that today, guys. You have to get that today. The established heart, the brave heart, the confident heart, the heart that says when it's faced with the storm, bring it on, bring it on, let's go, let's go, because those who are with me are far bigger than that which is against me. It's not one of bravado. And confidence in our own spirituality and how awesome we are, it's not. It's one that clearly sees the glory and the might of the finished and complete victory of Jesus. And you're like, well, I live in the rest of the King of Kings. I live in his finished work. He's put, he's given me all of his promises in Christ Jesus. This thing cannot stand against me. Today may look like hell, but I can tell you I'm living in heaven and heaven is breaking through. So guys, get established, get established, give time, meditate on the completeness of his victory, the completeness of his victory, no chink in the armor. This is why we call it the good news, because it's so good, it's so good, it's not just, oh, that's the Christian way of how you go to heaven, no, it is so good, and it's more full, it it has to fill eternity, because it's too big to fill our life here on the earth impacts every part of our lives here on the earth in fact it should even roll out of us and once it's once it's in us it rolls out should impact the 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 birds and the animals and creation and all things because it's great news that freely we've been offered salvation in jesus we find life and the fullness of life everlasting in the day and in the eternal what beauty, what beauty there is in the gospel. So if you don't know Jesus today, you're here or you're listening to the podcast, choose to follow him today. Just speak to him. As I preach, we'll give an opportunity at the end, but as I preach, just say to him, God, Jesus, thank you for going on the cross for me. Thank you for saving me. 
I choose to follow you from this day forward. And you may not fully understand everything. You may not have had all your answers, sorry, all your questions answered. That's cool. It's a journey. But there is a choice at the beginning of the journey that says, you are Lord, and I come to you with all my other questions about life and evolution and all that kind of other stuff that why bad stuff happens to good people and why there's so much suffering and all these kind of things. But still say, he is Lord. Know that he's paid a price for you and deserves nothing less than our entire lives. And you can work those details out on the way. See, Christianity isn't joining a religious club. It's about becoming part of an eternal kingdom and following a king abiding in him and that his words would abide in us that our hearts would be established in the knowledge that he has poured out all grace towards us the fullness of his victory is the place is the ground that our feet tread that we stand on that we live from choose jesus today choose the fullness of life that he freely offers. He is your hope. It's God's will for us to be healthy. It's God's will for us to be prosperous and blessed. That isn't prosperity gospel. And I know a bunch of people struggle with that kind of thing. But I can also say, which is just the opposite of that, it isn't his will that there's trial and calamity, sickness, that people would struggle and struggle through life. That's not his heart for his kids. Sometimes those things happen. Sometimes because of bad choices that we've made. Sometimes from bad choices that other people have made. Please, guys, give time and perseverance. Keeping on, keeping on with determination to establish your hearts in that truth. In that truth. Because that's really important. You've got to know God's for you, that he loves you, that he wants to bless you, that he wants your best. You know, if you're going around saying, give us $10 million, Lord, okay, and you're upset because he's not giving it to you, probably it's because if you get that blessing, it will completely destroy you. Not that he can't do it, but he loves you enough to withhold that from you. All these things we've spoken about over these weeks that we've been going through in this series, we need to let them rise in us. Let them, let them rise in us as we establish our hearts in them. That we have this sure and certain faith that then produces in us action. Action. And this is where so often within Christian stuff we stop. Because it's like, yes, God, praise you. That's awesome. But then we say, okay, we'll stop there because that, that's an awesome truth. I'm, I'm going to live in but not live out. Without action, all of this series is dead. doesn't work. If you get that concept of meditating, but you don't meditate, you'll have no benefit from that. If you receive the, just that sure knowledge that he is the healer, but you never step out and pray for healing, that faith there is dead. James says it, doesn't he? James 2.26. For just as the body... Without the spirit is dead. We did this last week. So also faith without works is dead. If I have faith that this guy can be healed, but I don't step out and actually work it, I don't act, 
Well, faith is as good as dead in that thing because there's no life that's flowing into the world through it. The real life to what we believe comes when we act. So you remember the woman at the well? She believed, didn't she? She believed. And this woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years and actually, according to Jewish society, couldn't really be in public because she was unclean. She shouldn't have been out. She believes in Jesus. She's seen this guy who's been healing people. And she says, she, this faith rises in her. If I can just touch him, I will be healed. But she doesn't just stop there. She acts on her faith and she gets out and she goes into a place where she, she, could, have, she could have been punished for what she did and goes out and she touches Jesus and she's healed. So let us be courageous guys, that where our hearts are established is reflected in where we choose to tread our feet, where our hands touch, where our mouths, what our mouths speak. Are you waiting for God to do something in your life? Make sure you are establishing your heart in God to fill you with faith the enemy's going to try and bind you up in doubt and fear and all those things that we say to ourselves or maybe agree with like Fergus was sharing about ah it's too big that thing is that's too big I can't do it I, I'm not educated enough I'm not intelligent enough I'm not talented enough who am I to do that people have always said I'll never amount to anything and that's true who am I to do that All of those rubbish things that God never says about you sometimes will imprison us and will lead our entire lives by, not by his word. And it will only take an established heart to break that, to break that, believe and become a person of action, a person of action for the Lord, not going around shouting at people and being offended, but just taking action as in like, I want some hot soup, let's put it in the microwave and press go, and that's hot. This person's sick, we pray, we believe, he's the healer, let's pray for healing, you know? That we step out, Lord, would you reveal to me a prophetic word for this person, what's going on in their lives? I want that to reveal your heart to them, to set them free, because I can see that they're suffering. And we live out this life where we are acting on our faith. Psalm 112.7, we said this one earlier, he will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. The established heart is anchored, is secure, is strong, despite the violence of the storm or the magnitude of the opposition. It's strong. Luke 6.47.48, Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. See, it's not just about what you believe, it's about what you choose to employ your time in as well. It's about what, where you're acting in. It's about acting on his words. He will listen, he will be there. The Holy Spirit's been given to us. Okay, well, let's act on that and meditate and be in his presence. 
your life will be transformed. See, when you get established in who you are in Christ, nothing, nothing will be able to stop you. What could? What could? There is no limit to those who hear the word and determine to be doers of the word. No limit. Romans 8, 35 to 37 says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake, we're being put to death all day long. We were considered sheep to be slaughtered. But in all, in all these things, we were overwhelmingly, con- we, sorry, things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. So yes, there will be trial. Yes, there will be challenge. But in him, when you are established in him, you will be conquerors. It impacts us in all areas, not just a few, but all areas, in our health, in our praying for healing, in our praying for the miraculous, in our living in victory. It is what all of our lives need. It's what we need to be grounded in and established in, that you would live a victorious life to the glory of his name, to the glory of his name, that you would be like a sign, that light on the hill, that, that people look at you and say, wow, I don't get it. And Jess and I have had people say it to us who are back in the UK and family members, many not, not believers, and say, I do not understand. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get how you can live in Hong Kong and live the life that you're living and do the, do the things that you, you do. I, I don't understand it. We just have to say to God, this is grace. This is blessing. So guys, what we're going to do, I want to invite Sarah. What, what, we, um, what we're going to do is just go into response time. We're going to have a response time for you just to have some time praying, for you to have some time meditating. Sarah's, gonna, Sarah's, Sarah's just going to play for a bit, and then a few minutes we'll go into our, our last song. So the service isn't finished. It's not so much a ministry time. Um, practice, this, practice meditating in this moment. Speak to the Holy Spirit. Maybe ask him a question. Be silent. See what's stirring in your heart. Maybe meditate on a passage of scripture. See what he reveals to you. If you're here today or you're listening to the podcast and you've never given your life to Jesus and you're saying, hey, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he is Lord. I want to give him my life and I want to follow him. I just want to invite you to pray after me. Just a prayer. Just as, just as, an, as a mark of intention to say, God, I give you my life and I want to follow you from this day forward. Afterwards, I'm just going to, I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you, but I'm just going to ask you to pop your hand up in the air because I'd love to connect with you. So if that's you here on the podcast, just please pray. Pray this after me. Pray under your breath. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for paying the penalty for my sin. Thank you for bringing me back into a relationship with the Father. Thank you for giving me your righteousness. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. 
Thank you for your promise of eternal life and raising me to life. Holy Spirit, thank you for your comfort, for your guidance, for your presence. Establish my heart in you, Lord. I choose to follow you, Lord. I choose to give you my life and walk in step with you from this day forward. Amen. Now guys, just keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. If you're here and you prayed that, please just pop your, pop your hand in, in the air. If you're here and you prayed that, just pop your hand in the air. Thank you. If you're on the podcast as well, please send us a send us a message. We'd love to connect with you. We're going to go into this response time in a moment. If you'd like prayer, please have your hands open and flat, facing up in your lap, and someone will someone will come around. Jess is just going to share something. I just felt while um, James was speaking that some of you have been listening to the voice of the serpent, just like Eve did in the garden, and you were hearing the words that James spoke. Oh, I really love that. I'd really love that time to spend with the Holy Spirit. I'd really love to be established. I'd really love all of these things that he's speaking about. But you're listening to the voice of the servant that says, oh, James doesn't know you. You know you've tried this before. You know you've tried to spend time with the Holy Spirit. You know you've failed, so don't even try it this time. Don't waste your time. What you need to do is you need to go to church more. You need to read your Bible more. I just want you, if that's you, if that's you listening to that voice, If that's you listening to that voice, I want you to open your eyes right now. I want you to look around you. I want you to notice that you're not in a church of one. That that word established applies to more than just your heart in this place. It applies to your body. It applies to your existence here. You are in a church of many. We are walking this road together. And if you need someone to hold your hand, if you need someone to meditate on a verse with you, you might not, you don't need to do it together, but you can talk about it together. You can say, hey, at the end of this week, can we have a chat about what God's spoken about this verse? Hey, I'm really keen. I really want to get into the word together. I really want. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to be established. I want to. I want all of these things that James is talking about. Will you do that with me? That's this kind of church, guys. That is what community looks like. Please do that. Please do that. So, guys, we're just going to pray. Please, um, yeah. Hands open in front if you particularly would like some prayer. Father God, thank you for today, God. And I just pray your peace, 
your blessing into this place. For those people that what Jess just shared resonate, resonated with you, and just pray peace on you and just a Holy Spirit just to fill you afresh right now, where, wherever you're sat, that you'd be filled afresh, that his wisdom would just flood through you. God, I pray for us as a church that we would be a, a church in fellowship with, your, with you, Holy Spirit. That we would be a church of established hearts. That we would not fear or be anxious or worry, but that we would look bravely at the challenges ahead together. That we would speak to the storm. That the volume of your grace would be louder than the chaos of the storm set before us. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, your peace that goes beyond all understanding, your, of the abundant peace of the Prince of Peace, that that would just come and fill this place right now, fill your hearts right now, that you would have a fresh revelation, each of you guys here, a fresh revelation of what the Sabbath rest, the seven day a week, 24 hours a day, Sabbath rest of God feels like upon you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.